Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. Want to be a sponsor of the podcast and have your ad read here? Send me a message and let's make it happen. And for you Block Talk fans, drop us a five-star rating on iTunes and leave us a little review. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And as always, follow us on Twitter and visit theaterinthenow.com for the latest news, reviews, and interviews. We are here for a very special interview with the one, the only, Misty Mountains. Hello, hello. How are we doing? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for joining me. Of course. I'm fantastic. Are you excited for this like warmer weather day we're having? Um, it was actually really nice. I only needed a light jacket. It was like April 25th. Yeah, look out at there. you pulled out quotes. You know, already, already, and I heard tomorrow is supposed to be even better. So. Fantastic. It's I'm like summer already. It. I know. I love it. I mean, like well, last year where we actually had summer in the middle of February, that was a fun. That, that, was, that, was, that was cute. That was cute. Well, we are going to learn everything about the queen of the scene. Oh, yes. Scene but queen But before we learn about Misty, let's learn about you. All right. So where are you from? I am from Reno, Nevada. It's Nevada, not Nevada. Is there like a battle for like people who live there against people who don't? Yes. I mean, actually, it is proven that presidential candidates who say the the state name wrong don't do very well there you know they, they had, they've had to learn that how you, did that our current um person do i don't know well he well the thing is he didn't win our state so so you must there have done you damn it well <laughs> well we're not gonna be buzzkill about that no where did you go to school i went to um, well, I'm from Reno, Nevada, so I went to the University of Nevada, Reno. I have a BFA in theater and in a minor in dance. Look at you. Yes. And then I moved here about, I did five years of college. I did the five-year program, which was great. And then um, about six months after I graduated, I moved here. And I've lived here about four years. December 10th was four years. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. So what I've brought you to New York? What, why, why did you pick New York out of any city? Well, I loved acting. My, um, my degree was in was a, um, an emphasis in performance, so I wanted to be on the stage. I have not done any theater in New York City. Uh, I came here with basically the equivalent of a Madonna budget, you know, $36 in a dream. And I had to start working immediately, so I worked at a restaurant called Sugar and Plum, which is now defunct. But um, it was great. It was a great way to start. Um, I had five or six friends who already lived here, so I already had a great base of people that were living here and were very supportive of um, me. So I worked and I worked and I finally was working so much that I didn't really, I would go to work and I'd go home. So that's when I decided, well, I need to do something to go out more often. And um, everyone thought that I should be a drag queen for quite some time. They thought that I um, fit the bill because I have a great personality to some people. You know, I, I feel like I'm a very nice person and I have a great sense of performance. And I think that people saw that and kept suggesting that I do it. And then 
I spent six months before becoming a before becoming a full fledged drag queen of just sitting at home and throwing on crappy dollar store makeup. And then um, Pride 2016 was the official Misty release party. That's when she was born. Yes, Pride 2016. I'm a Pride girl. Um, but actually, I did um, Monet Exchanges. Uh, well, it was actually Bob the Drag Queen's. Um, what was it? Uh, what's that show she does on Tuesdays? Uh, da, 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 da. I can't remember. Bad, Bad Drag, Drag Queen. Drag. Bad Drag Queen. I did the show Bad Drag Queen, and um, I won because... I knew that all you need to be a, a good drag queen for in 10 minutes is a lip, an eye, maybe a little bit of contour, and a sickening performance. So, and I, I just haven't really stopped since. That's wonderful. Describe Misty in three words. In three words. Everyone wants three words. And I'm not... I'm, three I'm a, three I'm is a, a lucky number. Three I'm is a, good. I'm a wordy bitch. I can't help that. How about three phrases? Does mm. that work for you? That's better. Three phrases. I can do that. Misty is... Um, she is... I would say like Harajuku. She's very kawaii. Um, there's a lot of cutesiness. And I think that originally uh, started off because I, I'm a nice person. And I tend to be like a smiley, you know, happy-go-lucky. And, and I had a very... Um, I like experiment with colors and you know very big hoop dresses very in the very beginning and then I would say um Misty's a little bit adult contemporary she's very much um kind of steeped in that 90s early 2000s R&B scene but she does love a good you know 70s disco era as well so she's um I think she works well with um people of a certain age and and women i love uh, women women love, women love me uh, i think it's because i um appeal to um what they look for in a drag queen which is you know femininity and a, and a and a polite person i think women don't generally come to um they come to women come to gay bars because they feel like they won't be attacked and um to a large extent, I think some uh, they don't, but I think some drag queens and some gay men um, take their presence as a personal attack, and I don't see it that way. I think women, I mean, I couldn't be a drag queen without loving women. Women are um, a big part of my life. They're a big part of how I was raised, and they're a big part of who I am right now. How long does it take to become Misty? Misty? Oh, Misty Basic or Misty, Misty, Misty Crazy. Um... I generally like to set aside two or three hours. Um, I can do Misty in an hour if necessary. Um, but I like to have a little bit of time to, yes. uh, to, you know, to take the time to, you know, try new things. Because I don't always want to do the same uh, face every single time. And especially since I'm relatively new. I'm only, I'm not even two years yet. So I'm still experimenting. So I don't want to find, I don't want to like hit that, you know, that final face too soon. I still want to try out new things and you're experimenting. Exactly. It's Exploring. been great. Yeah. Who are some of your drag inspirations? My drag inspirations. Oh, I, it changes. It's changed oh, over time. I think some of my favorite drag queens um, that I pull from. I I I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Britta Filter. I think she definitely did inspire a lot of what I do today. I don't think we do the same thing at all, but I think her thought process and a lot of her mixes that I saw in the beginning 
uh, kind of inspired me to think more outside of the box because I didn't want to be a queen that did mixes um, when I first started. And then I realized that with a good mix, you can tell a story and you can have fun. And so and I think she kind of helped me realize that. So I think Rita Filter is a, is a relatively local inspiration that I found at the beginning of my drag career. She's a great one. Yeah. And you are literally embodying her with some of your outfits now. I will tell literally, I do have some of her <laughs> outfits. I did buy them from her. Um, it's actually crazy. When I wear them and I wear a certain hair, people do think I'm Rita Filter. It hasn't happened recently, but it's happened no. in the past. It's happened in and the past. And do you... Go with it and get that raspy voice. And <laughs> no, because I could never truly imitate her well enough. No, no but um, another other drag queens. I do love Coco Peru. I think she is stunningly hilarious. hysterical, and uh, I think she's learned a way of like she knows her brand inside and out, and doesn't and doesn't apologize for it. So let me see if I can get some of the shows you've been doing recently all right miss runner up at rock bar yes climb every mountain at rock bar yes turn back time at icon mm -hmm. you've had guest spots everywhere from albatross to pieces everywhere you had your own stonewall invasion i did you are literally everywhere i am so from a queen in the crowd in the crowd to a queen on the stage how did this transition happen for you a lot of it um so when i when i, I did drag for pride 2016 and it was fantastic. And then I decided, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try and do this at least once or twice a week because I had fun with it and it got me out of the house. Um, so I would go and I would just, you know, sit at the, you know, the bar. I, I'd get a drink and I'd sit in industry because I used to work at industry as coat check for a little bit. And so I was familiar. It was a place you were familiar with. And I was like, you know, just trying to get out of the house. Um, I think the main claim to fame for me and I think a lot of like older queens have can say this, this is true for them, is that I did go out a lot. I went out habitually. And I learned very early on that if I'm going to be in face and I'm going to be out, that I should be prepared. So I was usually in the beginning, I'd be that person that was like, I'm on the train and I'm like, okay, so if they ever ask me to do a number, I'm going to do this. You know, because back in the beginning, I didn't have very many numbers that I had. Um, sure. I had rehearsed or practiced. I was just kind of like throwing out songs and maybe the, you know, flying them up the flagpole and see if they, you know, they hit. Um, but in the beginning, it was all about being prepared. I was like, if I'm going to be out in face and people know me now, I'm going to um, have numbers to do. And then people started seeing that I would be prepared and that I would show up in face and that I was willing to, you know, cheer them on. And um, I think they appreciated that. So they asked, I got a lot of guest spots in the very beginning from just showing up and just being ready to go. Um, I think now what has ultimately sold Misty to some people is, um, I would say, an overall sense of professionalism that I try and bring to the table. Um, I always try to have everything in its line. I always try and show up to the gig fully ready to go. So if you know they want to show the show in five minutes, I just throw on some shoes and you know we're ready to roll. Um, I would say I'm uh, a polite person. I, I think that I'm that people realize and recognize that I um, am a nice person and I don't try and say anything negative about a person. I only I only say negative things about people if we're really good friends. Like if I'm if I'm like if we're friends, then I'll talk shit about you you'll, because you'll, I know the truth. Yeah, it's it's not so, it's not only telling the truth. Like you, if you know a person and you're friends with them, you know what they would make them make fun of themselves for. Absolutely. You know, 
So I always like, you know, I always make fun of Gilda, Gilda Wabbit, because I know what her brand is and I know what her marketing project is. So I, was, I always call her a hoe <laughs> because, you know, she herself would call herself a hoe. So Absolutely. I was like, I'm not calling herself, I'm not calling her anything that she herself wouldn't say. So you are a Glam Award nominee for Scene Queen. Scene Queen. And I think going out has proven. Yeah. So why is this nomination important to you and for the community? And why do you think your peers recognized you for this honor? Well, I, I would like to say first and foremost, I didn't campaign to even be nominated. Also, I got I'll no- say it, I campaigned for you slightly. Some I mean, people, I, I actually, I, I really do think you and um, certain other people campaigned harder for me than I did. I was like, I don't know if this is the right nomination for me, but I'll accept it. I mean, I'll, and then thinking about you were it out all the time, I would be out and see you everywhere. It's like, mm-hmm. that is the definition of being a scene queen. Yeah. And I, and I always like to do, I mean, in the beginning I was doing the same, you know, five or six looks, but nowadays I'm like, I'm trying to do more, more interesting things or like expand my, my looks. So, you know, I am seen. So it's like, I'm not just showing up, but I'm giving an aesthetic or I'm giving something that is a part of my current aesthetic. And you're um, not just there. You're present. You're supportive. You're, you're, I'm not just sitting peers. in a corner. I'm, I'm a part of the show. Not necessarily like doing the show, but I want to be seen supporting my favorite queens out there and just seeing, my, you, know, uh, you know, helping out and uh, helping out. What's the word I'm looking for? I, you know, the thing is I like to go to shows. I love seeing other people perform. It inspires me. So the more I go out and the more I'm seen, I feel like I get inspired by that. And I feel like it supports the girls that I want to see move farther in Absolutely. their career. I mean, even with theater, when I tell people, like, you, if you're getting a ticket to, like, a crappy off-off-Broadway show, go see it. You're seeing what not to do or you're seeing something that may inspire you for something else. And I've learned so many things from watching other people. And sure, not every single show you're going to see is going to be great. Not every queen is going to give you life. Not every show you're a part of is going to be good. Exactly. Um, You've worked with a lot of queens at this point. Mm -hmm. But what New York City queens that you've yet to work with are on your dream list? That I have not worked with. I've actually, uh, I've not worked with Tina Burner. I think that'd be interesting. Um, Who would be taller? She would be. She's a tall ass bitch. Um, people I've wanted to work with, but I haven't. I have not actually worked with Keisha Carr, and that is a dream per- person. She is, there are a few drag queens out there that have seen me before I was a drag queen and seen the progression um, to what I am now. And I, she's one of them, and I would she's love seen to work evolution. with her. Oh, yeah. She's seen literally BB, you know, someone who did Bad Drag Queen to someone who's pulling their own weight in... The New York scene. I was voted one sixty second out of the, um, you know, things that made New York City brighter and gayer this year by Thodyssey. And so I think I've proven that by going out and like you know, and supporting other people, that you know you can be a positive influence in the world. So her, and then one more. Let me see one more. I don't even know. You, you, I've worked with a lot of people. You have. One one market I haven't really gotten into is the um, is the Brooklyn scene. I have only performed a few times there, so I mean, there's a few Brooklyn queens out there that I would like to work with. I haven't really had the opportunity to work with Ruby Fox, who I think is a, a fantastic performer. Um, 
you know, or any of those people out in Brooklyn. So I think that's my next um, the project. Next the next venture is to try and um, expand to a wider market than just, you know. The next peak you're going to climb. <laughs> literally, the you know, climb every mountain is not just, it's a mantra. <laughs> it's not just words. So as someone who has a theatrical, theatrical background, mm-hmm. This world of drag is still competitive. It's still an yes. art form, still performing. And mm-hmm. in a way, you have to audition for these spots. Mm-hmm. How do you keep yourself grounded? How do I keep myself grounded in auditioning for, in, uh, in this world? I don't let petty drama get to me. I like to stay above the drama or stay out of it, if all at all possible. Because I feel like it in this world, it's very easy to get very petty and very... Um, you know, privileged with how you see the world. I don't want to be a person. I want to, everything I've done, I've made for myself. I don't have a drag mother. I don't have someone who's pushing necessarily my career along like like a drag mother would. I do have a drag manager who's helping me focus all of my ideas and putting them forth in ways that we feel will... Um, will benefit my career um so i don't i think you're every day is an audition you go into a bar i think you should always be act the way that you would if you had a show there um professionalism at the end of the day is always going to be seen as um a quality that bars want in their girls all of the, the spots I've gotten and all the shows I've gotten have been from people recommending me because they know who I am as a person and what I can bring to the table. And I actually, at my rock bar, my rock bar gig, literally the owner pulled me aside and said, I see that you work well with the bar staff. They all like you. Let's talk about doing a show here. So it's great. That, I think that really brings a lot to the table is being professional. So for people who do have a lot of friends who are drag queens on social media, sometimes we see the random post of queens bitching about uh, young queens complaining that they're not getting guest spots and begging for guest spots. You are someone who shows up for the shows, Mm -hmm. and that's how you got your guest spots. What are these young queens doing wrong? I would say, what young queens? I think... Yeah, a lot of young queens today either show up not in drag and then being like, oh, you should book me. And of course, you know, someone in a, you know, who has a, a weekly show is not going to just book someone because they say, oh, book me. I think you have to go in and show that you're willing to be an audience member first and then a queen. But they also have to see what you bring to the table. You can't sure. just come out of drag in the beginning, at least, and demand a spot they don't know who you are they don't know what your look is they don't know what you bring to the table and i'm sorry my phone keeps coming off that's okay alaska keeps yelling at me hi um i think that's the main problem is that they the the post drag race world they see that you know being cunty as a way of getting farther in the world and it's not true I think they come through and they try and read a, a, one of the old, you know more established queens when they don't really know them. I would never presume to say negative things about um, any of the people that I want to work with because 
that would just be impolite. I don't think it would be professional. Do you think maybe we have potentially moved into a time where, sure, this is an extreme example, but like, do you think maybe it's time that drag queens have like a headshot and reel ready to go to give to owners and queens and other people to be like, this is me, this is who I am? I think it wouldn't hurt. I think at any moment you should be able to, you know, give that, you know, 15 second elevator speech um, at any moment because you never know who's watching. You never know what they want. And I think if you're always on top of your game, um, there's no problem with that. You know, having that, um, having a reel. I mean, it's like basically essentially creating a video for RuPaul. But you're doing it in a wider sense that, like, you're not doing it for one person. You're trying to show off your best side. Right. What you Because I do. think we also have run into this weird area where, yes, yeah, social media helps. Mm-hmm. But also social media has some tools where they can alter things. Mm-hmm. Because you see a lot of these young queens who look stunning mm-hmm. on Instagram. And then in person, not so much. Mm-hmm. How has social media, in your opinion change the way drag is i think it's uh it's changed it definitely in the sense that i feel there's a lot of queens out there that look the same absolutely there's a lot of queens that look very very similar to each other because they're all watching the same youtube tutorials and they're watching this you know and they like they look at you know the rupaul drag race girls and say well this is what drag is and i think that's incorrect um but i think it also has created a world where they they look for instantaneous um, prize for you know they want they want something to happen right now and that you know social media is always a moment of like how many likes can I get for this picture and how many likes can I get for that and I what I've learned from um, doing drag in my two years is that it's you might be you might have a fast pickup but you know if if you can maintain it. I don't know if you can maintain something like that. So I've always been a slow burn type of girl. Like I never wanted to like be ultimately famous too soon because I'm still learning. There's a lot I'm still doing. You know, I don't want to have to iron down my aesthetic so quickly that if I go outside of it, people no longer no longer understand who I am. You know. Sure. So we've mentioned a couple of your shows earlier. Yes. But I want to talk about Turn Back Time at Icon. Mm-hmm. What inspired the show and how did the show come about? Um, I created I created this proposal for David, the owner, one of the owners of um, Icon, several months ago um, and when he was looking for something to fill in for Tuesdays. Um, he, at the time didn't have time to look at it because he was going through some uh, family issues at the moment, which, um, so I ended up, it ended up sitting on his uh, desk for um, probably about two or three months. And then he eventually came back to me and said, oh, I want to do it. Um, Turn Back Time is a show I proposed that is a decades-based <laughs> show where we explore the music, the fashion, all that, all that jazz. I start. I proposed the show doing '90s, so I my first one was '90s, and it went off really well. Um, I had who did I have as my guest? I had the incomparable Coco Taylor. 
the reigning Miss Rockbar, who I lost uh, the competition to. She was my guest, and we had a great time. We got to do a duet we've been meaning to do. You know, for all those country fans, it was uh, Does He Love You by Reba McIntyre and Linda Davis. But, um, so I, I proposed a show a while ago, and then we finally picked it up, and I think it's going to go over well. We're doing 80s this coming month, um, which... I'm not a child of the 80s. I don't particularly care for the music and all the fashion of the 80s because I generally go for 60s, 70s, and then the 90s, of so course. you just skip the 80s. I always skip the 80s. So this is actually a, a, a challenge because it's something that I don't necessarily do in drag, but it's something I think that I can um, do well, you and know, because I do have an appreciation for music and for art of that nature. And who do you have coming with you for oh, this one? Oh, yes. I have Vanadu as my guest this oh, coming I know day. Her. Yes, she's fantastic. She's wonderful. Um, we actually we were not hosts together, but we did we were co-hosts for the main host for the uh, uh, Gays Against Violence um, show we did in I want to say it was November uh, at Boots and Saddles. Who- put that together i think that was you oh that was me right (laughs) yes so i was the first host with uh erica and she came in and she replaced me not replaced in like a horrible sense but more like it was like a five-hour event and so we needed more than one (laughs) co-host Also, I think it, it brought a little bit of a different vibe each for each co-host. So it was really oh, absolutely. nice. Absolutely, it was great. Yeah, so I, I've loved her. I've loved her since I think I saw her perform at the Ultimate Drag Pageant. And um, since then, I've been looking for something to do with her. And this presented to be, this came out to be a, a good opportunity for both of us. Yeah, 80s is going to be a fun challenge for both of you. Exactly, but because she's, she's not an 80s girl no, either. She, she's she, definitely a 70s, 60s, 70s. Yeah, she t- she literally said that to me. She's like, I usually do 70s, but I'm willing to do this. And I'm like, work. Yeah, and I think it's going to stretch us both. Well, what I told her is like, yeah, you can do Xanadu. She's like, no, that's 70s. Like, no, it was 1980. She's like, no, that's part of the 70s. I was like, no, there's an 8. It's part of the 80s. <laughs> So, yeah, it's crazy. I like, Grace is like 79, right. so like that's on the edge. I would love to see her in uh, roller skates, but I doubt that's going to happen. No, but I know I'm going to probably play the, that as a song right as before she comes on or announce her. Just to, just to laugh. So we have so many opportunities to see you. How do you give your fans a fresh show, and does your material change per venue? Oh, my gosh. Uh, did I, I, did I strike a nerve? No. Y- yes, I know. I do. Oh, my gosh. So over the last year, I looked at how many numbers I've done. And I've done, I think it was like over 100 different songs. And that's performing tw- two or three times a week. But, so I like to have a, a variety of numbers that I can do. I think it's more fun. And a lot of it was experimentation, too. I was like, well, this number go off well. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Um, I think I don't necessarily try to do a different set list for each bar, but I know working at certain bars, I know the strengths and weaknesses of the pl- of the the venue. Um, for example, when I was doing my show at Rebar, um, it's such a large space that doing a mix. Um, doesn't go over well because you can't really, the people aren't necessarily paying attention to you if they're fo- so far back and they're not going to connect a mix. So, uh, so I guess to a, to a, a certain extent, I 
formulate a show based around what the bar can offer purely based on what it what the bar you know what the bar's performance space is like but i don't generally like i don't try to you know cut out a certain part of my show just because i'm doing a show at rebar i'm doing a show at rock bar i'm doing a show at pieces i just kind of cater the numbers more towards that spaces have you abilities gone to the point where you've retired numbers i have put numbers slightly to rest um there is a uh my my mix, uh, the nothing dirty going on mix. Um, I definitely did put down for a couple, you know, like two or three months. I was like, I'm doing this too many times, and now, and I have new mixes that I should be trying out, or old mixes I haven't well, even I, done I, in I'll a while. I'll tell you, I'm sure Vanna would love for you to put it down even more because she wants to do Dolly, so she will snatch that <laughs> one up. I love that mix. It is. It was one of my first mixes I ever created, and it's actually probably one of the stronger ones. Um, another one I've I've kind of put to rest is um, my everyday mix, which was uh, uh, based on Ariana Grande's song "Everyday." I haven't done that in a while, but I haven't officially like put anything to rest yet. You know, right. I still I still pro, you know pull them out every once in a while. So I mean, I did my "Nothing Dirty Going On" mix at my Stonewall Invasion in December, so it's never completely dead. Sure. So you are drinking some tea, yeah. which means it's time for tea time. Oh, I'm excited. So I'm going to give you some names, and you can give us some tea, share a story, whatever okay. you want. Cute. Remember, people listen. Things may get out. So be smart. Warnings out there. You know. Uh, okay. Cute. I'm, let, me, let me take a step first. <laughs> All right. Number one. Mm-hmm. Brita Filter. Brita Filter. Brita Filter was the first person to pull me out and give me a guest spot i was out in drag i had remembered i started off at industry we were having a drink i used to work there so i know a lot of the bar staff at the point and then we ended up going to the ritz um afterwards and i met britta filter at the ritz and she was like girl do you want to i was like she was like do you want to do this um do lady liberty and i was like sure she's like do you want to do it next week and i was like no <laughs> I'll do it in two weeks because I'm not sure exactly what I'm what I'm doing. I want I in the beginning I always wanted to go to a show at least once before actually performing in that show to see the venue to see how the show goes down. So I was like, no, I'll do it in two weeks. So um, she, after I performed at Lady Liberty, I lost. But I'm pretty sure I lost to Florence DeLee. So it can't be a bad loss because she's fucking fantastic. And I remember my moment with Florence DeLee. That's another side note. But after that, her and Tara um, asked me to do House of Mouth at the West End the next week. So that was really cool. So I have all the love for Britta Filter. I think she's um, uh, she's kind of the one that kind of pushed me forward because before then i was just going out and just sitting around and being in drag after that i kind of started doing drag as like maybe more of a performance aspect nice next is viva vidalia viva vidalia oh i love her i um am actually the miss runner up to the show miss runner up (laughs) um which is a story we always tell 
Um, so Miss Runner Up is a show at Rock Bar every Friday from 7 to 9. Uh, it's actually more like 7.30 to 9.30. Drag time. Drag time. And um, Florence Lee, who is the customer to the stars nowadays, um, often has been doing um, costumes. And she was uh, doing costuming for a Nutcracker, I think in Wisconsin or Michigan. So she was gone for a few weeks. So I ended up filling in for her. Uh, for Miss Runner Up. So me and Viva have gotten really close lately and it's been really great because she's so funny and we have, like there's moments where like the bar staff would be like, oh, you haven't done a number in 15 minutes and we're like, oh, sorry, maybe we should get off the mics and perform <laughs> a number. And um, she's super supportive of everything I've done and um, after our show, we generally, you know, go hit the town. Has she taught you how to do a split yet? Uh, I know how, I, I know the physics of doing a split. <laughs> I, I will not do that. I have pulled my right hamstring too many times in order, you know, so I, that's why I don't do tricks sure. because the body's, the mind is willing, but the body is weak. Well, speaking of tricks, <laughs> next is Boudoir La Flora. Oh God. Me, uh, I, I'm telling you, I am probably Boudoir La Flora's fate, you know, I would say I would say her number one fan, but there's probably seventeen hundred people who are bigger fans of her than I am. But I love working She's with Boudoir. Magical, magical Mondays at Icon. I was there last night. It, it was actually magical. No, Boudoir Lafleur, she is professional. She will come in and turn the party with one number, and that's what I love about her. She can she can she can create a craze out of doing one number, and I mean most of it is from that gypsy mix that she does every single time. I mean, time. I like I like to it's call so her the good. she's the Roomba of drag. She's just gonna sweep the floor and clean it up. Oh my god! Literally, the joke is she is boudoir la floor yeah. because she is fifty percent of the time on the floor, and then about twenty five percent of the time flying in the air. And then she lands on the floor. Do you think she's actually a witch? <laughs> she might be. I mean, that makeup aesthetic is something in the beginning that I was instantly attracted to because it's something French. And I, I learned French in high school. Granted, I don't speak a lot of it now. Um, so I've always loved everything French. So when she came out and I met her for the first time and I performed at her show, I just instantly loved her because I think she is so much fun and just has a zest for life that every drag queen should have. Let's move on to Gina Tonic. Gina Tonic. recent guest. Yes. Uh, she is a fantastic queen. Um, she and I did a lot of clown looks. Like, I like didn't necessarily model my makeup after her, but I realized for a while that I looked very similar to her and, and Britta. You know, like that clown aesthetic. Um... We, uh, actually, I think I was her final guest at her show at, um, Icon. Um, it was a Monday show. It was after, before Boudoir was there. And we had a great time. I think it was Halloween. It was a Halloween show. Um, and I have nothing no, but I think love there was, there was someone after that. Was there? Vanna. It, it, it was Vanna. Was it Vanna or was it Coco? It was, uh, no, it was Vanna then Coco. Oh, well, it was towards the end. I thought it was the last one. 
I don't know. I mean, it's you, so of course it's the last one. If, well, Everything well, stops after Misty. It will. <laughs> I wish. No. <laughs> no. 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 Um, but yeah, no, I sh- I have nothing but love for her. She's great. Um, I don't work with her very often anymore because we're so busy doing our own shows. I remember what I think it was over the summer when she had posted on Instagram the Missy filter from Snapchat. And then the next day I did it physically because it was. It was, it was very much the Misty filter. It was great. So, and I bought poof, poof head, a headband after that. Did you still too. wear it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Usually with like my straight, my straight hair sure. looks. It's easier to see. Um, next is Violet Tendency. Violet Tendency. The artist formerly known as Sugar Magnolia is now Violet Tendency. Do you think she'll change her name again? No, I think this one this actually, this, I think this fits her. I think this fits her very well. Um, Violet Tendency. I met her at Drag Wars, I want to say. Let's not get it twisted. Drag Wars. Shaquita's Drag Wars, Mondays at Pieces. And I think she was probably the first or if not the first one of the first um drag queens i knew that was uh that was a woman and she has she has a lot of persevered through a lot of adversity and i give her a lot of credit because there are moments where she has she has weak moments in which she doubts herself but then you know give it a week and she's out there and she's still trucking and so I respect her so much for that. And she's probably one of my closest friends outside of drag. Even though we never hang out. I'm horrible at hanging out with people. I'm always like, let's do it. And then I'm like, I'd rather stay home, you know, and watch Golden Girls by myself. Sometimes in full face, which I did on Saturday. That was a fun day. But, um, you know. I feel like there's more to that. <laughs> there's, it was just too cold. Um <laughs> And, but no, I, I love her. She's so much fun. And her growth, because we started basically at the same time, her growth has been exponential in the last couple of months and her confidence has grown so much and I'm so happy for her. And then she actually uh, was my guest at, uh, I did um, Petrified Presents at Rock Bar and she was my guest. And then the next week she was covering for Jupiter Stone. It was her first time doing her own show and I'm so happy for her. It's great. And now she's booked doing another show it's amazing yeah it's great last but not least oh golden delicious golden delicious she beat me in a competition (laughs) that bitch no golden delicious is i will tell you that competition from the beginning i knew that she was a front runner i knew that she had that spark that the West End was waiting for was that like theater. She's tall. She's glamorous. She's beautiful. Yeah, she's kind of tall. She's she's, she's kind of tall. She's she's, so she's taller than me. She's I think she's like six two, and then she puts on heels, and I put on heels, and we're both no, I think you know she's six five. Either way, she's, she's huge. She's a monster. She's a mountain. She's literally a mountain. There's very few drag queens that are taller than me, but like her, Dusty. They're all taller than me, just in flat feet. So, you know, of course, no, they put on heels and I never can reach them. Um, Golden Delicious, we have actually worked a couple times together, I think. But I, well, we've had good conversations um, 
on the Instagrams. And every time I see her, she lights up my life because she's so sweet and her boyfriend is so sweet as well. So um, I would love to work with her more, but she's just, she's a busy person. And now she's doing her Wednesday videos, you know, teacher's pet. Mm -hmm. I'm promoting all my girls because I love them. Um, but yeah, I would love to work with her more. It's just, you know, trying to find the time. Well, speaking to do of so. like learning things, mm-hmm. let's see how much you've learned over the years. Oh, goodness. How many famous mountains can you name? Um, a lot of them are at Disneyland. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they really count, but let's, okay. <laughs> like, what, like, like Mount Everest? Like yeah. Mount Kilimanjaro? Okay, there's two. What else? Uh, Mount St. Helens? Okay, three. Uh, Mount Rose? That's in Nevada. Um, for you guys. A little history there. Any others? Um, uh, the Ural Mountains are in Russia. Um, the Himalayas. I know a few mountains. Mount Fuji. Mount. Oh well, Fuji. I don't think about Japan very often. Actually, I do. That's a lie. Um, are hmm. Misty's mountains named? Mi- are my are my mountains names? No, but I'm looking for. I'm searching for names. So if you ever have if any you, suggestions, if you guys are listening and want to name Misty's mountains. Now is your opportunity to do so. Oh, please do it. I'd love to hear it. So you've done um, a Misty from Pokemon look. For Halloween this year, I did. It was stupid. I loved it. Which Misty is next? Will you be doing ballet dancer Misty Copeland? Oh. Or beach volleyball gold medalist Misty May Trainer? Oh, I'd love to do Misty May Trainer. You just wear a sweatband, sunglasses, and a ponytail, bitch. And, and have a volleyball and just spike it at people. Oh. Spike it at my enemies. Spike it at the patriarchy. Well, speaking of doing <laughs> famous people, um, if you had to do a character for Snatch Game, who would it be? Oh my gosh, we've had this conversation. And every... Okay. Certain people think that I would make a fantastic Victoria Beckham. I I see it, but I don't know how you make Victoria funny. You know, it's going to be like that RuPaul-like, but how do you make her funny? And you, you have that moment where it's like... Well, yeah, I mean, there's people, people are suggesting that Milk do like Lana Del Rey for Snatch Game. Like, how do you make her funny? You just sing, you just sing you everything just, really slow. Or you just, you're just there. But then somehow accidentally you turn that into Alaska. Right. No, I mean, uh, I would, one person I'd love to do, and I don't know if people would appreciate me doing her, would be like Queen Latifah. I think that works. That would be great. One person I've been compared to and that I, they think that I look like is Khloe Kardashian. I think it's because she's a she's a taller person. She's like only 5'10". But comparatively to the rest of the Kardashians, she's a taller person. I think a lot of what I, you know, sometimes the mama hair aesthetics look like her. So I think that would be interesting. Nice. If you could swap drag careers with anyone, who would it be? Swap drag careers with anyone? See, I'm trying to be a drag queen for the long haul. So I want someone whose career has been, who has been around for quite some time. So I would say someone like, I would say like Coco Peru to an extent. I think what she does is fantastic. I would say Sherry Vine has a way of um, staying relevant and stay, and you know, and having a career that's lasted, you know, over twenty years. I think she's been doing drag longer than I've been alive. What What do you think would happen if someone like Sherry Vine or Coco Peru or Jackie Beat were to be cast on Drag Race? What What would happen? I don't think it would ever happen. I just, I, I think, 
it, it's it, you'd have to have a drag race of just legends. But like, so let's let's make it happen. Make one of their next All Star seasons just just legendary legends. people. Can you yeah. imagine Lady Bunny on on yes. Drag Race? I want to see her getting critiqued by Rue. I don't. I don't think. I want to see him getting critiqued by Michelle Visage. That would great. Be let's do that aesthetic. too. Um, this is a fun question. Yes. If you had to pick a different path in nightlife, what profession would you pursue? My profession in a profession in nightlife. In nightlife. You know what is missing from the drag world? One of the things that is missing, there's quite a few things missing from the nightlife world is... Don't get me started. I can... There's a whole list of things. But I think one of the major things that's missing is good lighting design. I studied lighting design in in college. And there are some bars out there. I'm not going to name names. Um, I will say it. Rock Bar has fantastic... Horrible lighting. If you, no, if you go to lighting. my Instagram, because um, I'm doing my drag 365, and you look at my photos from uh, last week when I was there for uh, Bella and uh, Coco, mm-hmm. um, Bella looks demonic with yes. the red light. I literally wore a, uh, it's a pink and black striped outfit, and I was wearing blue hair. I, uh, I went on that stage, and everyone said I looked like Beetlejuice. Uh-oh. Because all of the lighting is just so red. It's just so red. It's awful. Um, I think lighting design is the major thing that's missing. The One of the bars that has the best lighting design and one of the best lighting designers I've seen is um, Honey Devonport's show at Rise. Mm-hmm. Because they have that white, black background. It's just, it becomes something different and something crazy. So I think good lighting design is something that's missing from yeah. like the nightlife. So I would want to do something like that. So this is a very important question. Oh, God. Okay. What Get is ready. your go-to 4 a.m. diner order? We always have a milkshake. The milkshake, sometimes mozzarella sticks, but a milkshake plus whatever. Because something starchy. Something starchy, so generally like fries. But milkshake mozzarella sticks fries one time i ordered a salad but i was feeling a little bit you know like i should have what what kind of salad oh caesar because i'm boring no that's a good salad a strong house salad is boring uh well you know caesar it's like oh you know it's like three ingredients but there are three ingredients i like so fair but a milkshake is always always important so we're gonna play the pop five rapid fire so i'm gonna give you five pop culture things Things you may know, things you may not know. Okay. And you're going to respond. You can respond with a word, a phrase, a story, whatever you want. Okay. Number one. Disaster. Just kidding. Uh-oh. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you want that as your answer, but number no. one is Shade, Queens of NYC. Okay. I'm going to be real with you on this one. I did not watch a lot of it. Um, because, A... I know these girls already. Why would I want to watch a television show about them where I already know them personally? Maybe that's just me. <laughs> but um, I, don't, I, I think it has done a lot to push forward drag and visibility in New York City. So I think it's a very positive thing. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I, even though I have not watched it because I, I was too busy. I was, you know, busy being my own queen in New York City. You'll be on season... 40. At this rate, if they hear this, I'll be on season never. <laughs> Next is Lana Del Rey's Get Free vs. Radiohead's Creep. I have no idea what that is. I will tell you, I'm not a Lana Del Rey fan. I think there's like two or three songs of hers that I like. 
Um, one of it is Young and Beautiful because I did love The Great Gatsby. Um, the other one is the, a cover of Blue Velvet, which I think is rather fantastic. I find Lana Del Rey um, kind of, um, I feel like she's always got consistently on like some sort of like drug <laughs> and just drugged out. I've So I've never heard this. So the uh, over the weekend, Radiohead sued Lana Del Rey because they said Creep sounds like her new song. I've, I, I've listen I've, listen to it on YouTube. There are similarities. Is this like the Madonna, like Lady Gaga thing? Of course, thing? it's the same yeah. thing. Everyone wants something. They want to stay relevant. So, well, see, that makes sense because I don't really pay attention to Lana Del Rey. Number three, Courtney acts on Celebrity Big Brother UK. <laughs> that was so funny. I first of all, I was like. What is the big deal? Like, everyone was, like, making a big deal about it on Twitter. And I was like, okay. And I watched the video, and I was like, oh. Okay. This Did you think is it cute. was an act? I mean, if I listened to Jasmine Rice LaBeja, a stunt was pulled, and she knew exactly what she was doing. I, I think, to a large extent, it had to have been some sort of stunt. Because mm-hmm. there's no way so any self-respecting queen would go out compl- with clear-ass tape and no underwear, unless you wanted some sort of like hype, unless you wanted to prove that she was actually a man as well as a woman, you know, get you a girl that can do both. But yeah, so if you haven't been following along, um, there's been some really interesting discussions in the Big Brother house. Uh, there is a uh, transgender reporter, India Willoughby, who's in the house, mm-hmm. who is who on the first night after meeting Courtney was like, I have a phobia against drag queens. So the two of them have been having these really engaging conversations okay. about drag and um, I think I've seen that on Tumblr. So it's been really, really interesting. And, and then she, over, she did someone over. Was it Andrew? I'm not sure. She did a drag makeover of one of I the big so. brothers. Um, and she uh, he has a beard, so she put a glitter beard on him. Yes, I always Cor- I have a I've, Courtney Act is changing the game and making these conversations happen. Ex- and, and and in the UK. You yeah. know, that's in, like kind of like that granted I've not been to the UK, but I think it's it's a place where you know, a little opening up might be beneficial as well. Absolutely. Number 4 is The Bachelor. The Bachelor. Okay, I think it's been going on for too long. Um, personally, I what's the, the scandal this time? Did she? You know, are they broken up? Broken up again? Like, oh, there's no scandal. It just started a couple of weeks last week. Okay, I don't watch it. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm so like I don't. I am really open, and I do a lot of things, and I watch a lot of things. Just none of the things you think that are important, or sure. at least a part of this clip. A part of this clip. Um, I think it's been going on for too long. You know, like American Idol. After a while, you're like, just put it to rest. And they did, and now it's coming back. Oh, God. Why? New version. Exactly. Like an America's Next Top Model. Like, why is that still going? <laughs> I Number don't five is Cardi B. Cardi B. Okay. Everyone hates Bodak Yellow. Not everyone, because I happen to love Bodak Yellow. I think it's such a fun song to perform. I don't think I've ever performed it as a drag queen. Um, she, Party B has a way, uh, has a polarizing way of, of, in the community. Um, she's very polarizing, I will say. Um, I like her to an extent, because I never watched Love and Hip Hop. But, you know, she is breaking out of that. 
of just being, you know, a love and hip hop girl. Because I don't, I think Mariah Lynn tried all really hard to try and break out the way that Cardi B has. And it just wasn't successful. I think she finally just hit that stride. She finally got the song that, you know, uh, increased her career. And I, I salute her. I mean, if Nicki Minaj can be like, you do you, girl, and you, you kill the game, so can I. So we have a segment here where I have my previous guest ask my next guest a question. Okay. So this is a question from Drew Lausch. Okay. What is the weirdest, best, or most memorable pickup line you've ever received? Let's hear the story behind it. The weirdest, best, most memorable pickup line. Oh, my gosh. Oh. You know, I don't get picked up often. It's probably because I have this face. I'm a nice person. Let's, let's preface this right now. I am a very nice person. However, if I'm in a bar by myself, I I definitely have a uh, a face we would call the un- unapproachable goddess face, which is I'm beautiful, but I look like a total bitch. Um, well, sometimes I don't look that cute either, but I look like a total bitch. Um, until people, you know, get to know me and then I'm a, a pleasant person and I smile and I look great. But, um, so people don't you know, like generally come up to me because I just look like I will shoot them down. Um, and I do shoot down a lot of people, but I don't know if I have any memorable pickup lines. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't date often and I didn't date often before I became a drag queen and it, that well has super dried up since I became a drag queen because I'm just too busy, you know, living my life and being on stage. I'm well, awful. That's awful. That's all right. Now is your turn to ask my next guest a question. It can oh my, be anything you want. Anything you want. Where do you see yourself in five years? That's a good question. Because I don't honestly know. I, I, I think I can see my, I, I know I can see myself in the next year, possibly two years, but five years is, is a lofty goal, especially in New York City. Anything can happen in five years. God knows. Absolutely. So, and especially with New York City, because of such a high turnover of Queens going into RuPaul's Drag Race or doing, you know, television shows, they're filtering out into a bigger pond. So you have to like, you have to envision, well, maybe, you know, God knows I could be the next Tulsa Bad Drag Queen in five years because, you know, whomever could be on Drag Race and, you know, they have to fill a spot and I'm the next available girl. Who knows? It's possible. So, you know, Bad Drag, I mean, I will, they have a history Industry and Barracuda have a history of having girls work for them and then they go on to do bigger, better things. So those are two venues I wouldn't mind working at because they seem to know talent and they seem to know how to push them I mean, even this to the year next with, level. Um, season 10, Hardware and Pieces have all five New York Queens. Yeah. They have, they have like, that's crazy. All five. That is absolutely insane. So they may have some spots opening up real soon. Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm just trying to put myself out there and be available. What is the one hashtag you use all the time? Uh, one hashtag I use all the time. Well, you know what? We're going to go to my phone. Going to go to the phone. One hashtag I've been trying to use a lot lately was Mountaineers, because that's what I call my fans. Y'all are Mountaineers, because you have climbed to the top of Misty Mountain. Well, if you've reached this part of the podcast, let us know by using hashtag Mountaineers. Hashtag Mountaineers. And where can they find you, Misty? Um, it, you can find me at Misty Mountains NYC. You can find uh, on Instagram. 
You can find me at facebook.com backslash Misty Mountains NYC because my boy name is the main, <laughs> it's my main name. Because sometimes you have to be a gentleman. You know, I don't do it very often, but when I do, it's usually during the day. <laughs> and plug your shows. Let, let's my, your oh my gosh. Shows. This week is a quiet week for me, and I thank God for it because the last three months have been absolutely insane in all of the most positive ways. But my next um, couple sh- Okay, that's not going to work for me. Um, my next uh, my next shows, um, I've been filling in at Miss Runner Up, so I'll be there on Fridays. Um, I am at Rock Bar. Oh, my gosh. The 16th for Miss... Uh, for, um, Miss Rock Bar Presents with Coco Taylor. I will be there on the 18th for Climb Every Mountain. I'll be there on the 19th for Miss Runner Up. And then the big show, the the big show that I'm really pushing is um, I'm doing Turn Back Time at Icon with Vanadu. So you guys should come out. That's on the 23rd. That's a Tuesday, 10 p.m. And then I'm actually going to be, I have a, a one-off at Boots and Saddles on the 25th, um, 11 p.m. So after Drag Race, stick around. Come to Boots and Saddles. We're going to give a show. It's going to be with Belle and Noche and possible other guests. We haven't quite ironed out all those details yet because we don't even have a title for the show yet. And if they want to buy a drink from you sometime? Oh, my gosh. You can buy me a drink all the time. I either do. Uh, now that it's winter, I'm a whiskey Coke girl. But during the summer, I'm a tequila orange birth uh, because it's so refreshing. And somehow I always get sick during the summer, so I have to have my vitamin C. Otherwise, I'll die. Well, if you see Misty on the scene, say hello. Yes. Thank you for doing this, Misty. Thank you. Uh, I've loved this whole time, and thank you for the tea. A big thanks to Misty for joining me. Don't forget to visit our Patreon page for information on becoming a patron, and leave us that five-star review on iTunes. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Thank you.